0: Welcome to Butterfly Gardens, a podcast by Hannah and Lauren. This podcast is inspired by the symbolism of the butterfly, and it's a bridge between not only its two co-hosts, but a conversation fluttering in the spaces between philosophy and psychology, art and science, objectivity and subjectivity inside and outside, and wonder and suffering. Join us on our journey as we attempt to transcend dualities and return once more to Butterfly Gardens.
1: first episode, we'll be exploring modern self-help, the narrative that it sells. So we'll be discussing different popular books, some bestsellers that everyone probably knows, and the narrative that it's selling, as well as the purpose and how it fits within modern psychology. (laughs) So you mentioned reading a bunch
0: of self-help books
1: over the summer, or listening to
0: them anyway. What was, like, the overall sense that you got from them?
1: Yeah, well, I... I think the most popular one that I read was definitely Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. And in that book, I sort of got this idea that it was kind of like, it's all in your head kind of mentality. It's like you wake up and you almost just have to say, like, you have to be fearless in every decision that you make and that <clears throat> your shortcomings in life are not due to your circumstance, but more to your mindset. I think that's what okay. was my biggest takeaway from it. that.
0: Uh-huh. So like coming from the point where, like you are your only obstacle in life,
1: yeah, and you just have to
0: like blast through yourself, and then if you do that, then everything you want is within, yeah, everything, like within including beach. like
1: like women and success and money, <laughs> everything that a person wants, yeah, I guess the point of the book is that you shouldn't care so much about what other people think, um, it could be wrapped up in probably three sentences, but. <laughs>
0: It's like the cold of the self again, where like everything that I want is of utmost importance.
1: Yeah. And then it, I someone... guess like
0: the thing that I'm stuck with is like, well, what if you don't know it? One, what if you don't know what you want? Two, what if what you want is wrong?
1: Yeah, like intuition alone can't be like your only guide. Mm -hmm. or like what do you want like a lot of things you want if you think of like Brave New World or something it's not necessarily what's best for us
0: (laughs) exactly yeah
1: and you can't exactly tell somebody to just you know get up from their bootstraps and get going and the only Mm -hmm. reason like their true potential just needs to be unlocked through this this not giving an F mindset
0: yeah yeah I also so I like I skimmed through the book and I think (laughs) one thing that stood out to me was like I think he was calling people out on, like, them being, them feeling entitled to things. And he was like, no, like, you you feel entitled, and so you. I think he said, I wrote it down, the deeper the pain, the more helpless we feel against our problems, and the more entitlement we adopt to compensate for these yeah, problems.
1: Yeah, that was, like, a huge theme in the book, too. And that's where the thing about the... It was, like, entitlement towards grief, too. Like, we feel entitled to feel grief after, like, a negative event. Part of me was, like, I feel like if you just – you can't just push it down and say that you don't, like – people have to feel, right? I think part of that book is about pushing away your emotions Mm -hmm. and just not letting yourself get to that level. But I think part of, at least, growth and development is, like, addressing these – negative emotions that mark manson tells you to push away
0: yeah for sure i definitely agree with that and i think this kind of plays into our whole like how we treat emotions in general like what like what is so bad about them for one two like how are they this secondary inferior thing to logic i don't i think they should be given an equal playing field
1: yeah for sure and I think in decision making too like sometimes your emotions are an important predictor or yeah. an important indicator of how you're responding to something so I think just saying that the entitlement was like a major theme in that book where you're not entitled to feel these things which I think just leads down a road of like negative self-esteem yeah <laughs> because he's basically saying really. that
0: like, if you, okay, if you allow yourself to feel these things, and therefore you're entitled, then emotions make you weak.
1: Yeah, emotions and, make like you that, weak, and then you're a weak so... person who, like, gives in. And I think it's kind of damaging, like, what it's selling, because I think people who are in a low point in their lives just, they do feel all these bad and negative emotions, and for someone to just say it'll all go away if you just don't listen to it I think is pretty insensitive (laughs) yeah like I think Uh if you were going through like that's what I read one major criticism of the book was that's that like let's say the comment he said to the the grieving father like I don't think you can say that that father is entitled for not being able to move on from the sudden death of his son (laughs) like I don't know oh my god that's just it's like completely
0: disrespecting yeah people's emotions
1: yeah and I think that it it's really like outcome oriented as well like towards like I guess success money and relationships and the way he talks not to mention that the way he talks about like women in the book is definitely a point of yeah, yeah annoying thing. Because, <laughs> like, it's almost like, again, it's like objectifying them as some sort of achievable thing and how he used to be a player sleeping with thousands of women until he decided that he was a man of worth and could get a wife. It's just... Oh, my God. It's very backwards thinking to me. But it seems like it's definitely tailored to a male... uh uh-huh. Like a male dominant audience which I noticed that funnily enough a lot of self-help books are well I think you really struck a chord when you said
0: like all this this book in particular is achievement oriented and I think that that itself really plays into the male mindset
1: yeah Um, and it and it I think that's why it's even more dangerous right because we know that like men men don't have a lot of outlets for their emotions they're not necessarily feeling like they have a place to share this outside of like romantic intimacy usually like they don't have a place to put this these emotions or to share or to disclose so I think this book basically saying don't be vulnerable is like (laughs) the opposite advice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just seek these like yeah Yeah. and then he also disregards like I guess a sense of self-esteem like you have to think about like, what would make you feel better about yourself? So that's the reason why people might read these books is to feel like empowered or feel like they have a better sense of self. But I feel like this book does the opposite of that. It doesn't say listen, tune into yourself. It sort of just says, you know what you want, go get it, which (laughs) I don't think is very helpful. Well, I think, I don't know. Now that you say that, then it makes me
0: feel like If people are really resonating with what Mark Manson is saying that like you can just go get what you want well maybe people like maybe people are coming from the opposite place where they have no idea what they want and so hearing Mark Manson say all these things is I don't know if it helps but it's like it's comforting
1: yeah I think the honesty of it right i think people are searching for the sense of like honesty and authenticity of someone who's like i did it you can do it
0: (laughs) well that makes me think like there's i I think we know that people today i guess compared to maybe 30 years ago like people have shrinking social networks especially when it comes to having meaningful close relationships like yeah that's just way more rare today and so like these self-help books kind of they they treat you like you're a friend like that tone of voice is like I'm calling you out on your bullshit but also I'm here to support you and give you yeah, advice like a tough love <laughs> yeah so that's kind of that's interesting that like if people are missing these close relationships in their personal lives like maybe self-help is kind of filling that that gap
1: yeah like that void
0: yeah maybe i don't know it's
1: true it's interesting it's interesting to think about for sure
0: i guess especially this mark manson one but then you were also speaking about atomic habits which is
1: yeah that's another interesting one that one's a little bit different like i didn't have as much of a problem with that one because it was definitely more like environment changing your environment for like more positive habits but at the same time, I didn't like like it. Sort of gave me this creepy vibe <laughs> because it was about like optimizing your environment using sort of like this Pavlovian type of idea. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. part of me is like, I don't want to like submit to this idea that we're all just like
0: programmed. Yeah. Programmed stuff that goes around. This, yeah. Us. And there's like nothing the in point. us that that but, has the choice. Or yeah. To like or whatever free will. Yeah. Uh
1: huh. that's one thing I didn't like about the book. But he also ends it with saying, which is kind of interesting, he talks about, like, tuning into your natural ability or your natural self and then going from there to optimize your environment, which honestly isn't the worst advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I still don't think, though, I think the problem is, though, is that it doesn't matter, like, how many of these types of books you read. Like, even if it's a little bit more practical versus more, like, just stop doing what you're doing. (laughs) I don't know how much you can really, like, get from these books because it's almost like, like, you know when you're working on a big project or you're planning a big event and you spend hours, I guess, planning, but then you don't end up doing anything that would cause actual change. I feel like reading self-help is almost the equivalent of that. It's like you're yearning for a change, but then you read these types of books and um, they're not really giving you any concrete change they're just making they're giving you this like feeling of changing because you have all these people giving you these like practical tips like on the atomic habits or yeah like my mentality shifts but
0: yeah Yeah, that's really cool Yeah,
1: yeah i think i think
0: that's a really uh insightful thing to say that like all you're imagining yourself carrying out all these things like maybe for example, with atomic habits, like you're you you can picture yourself like just changing this one thing and putting in all these habits and that that itself I guess makes you feel good, it gives you that rush yeah, of what it, like I dopamine th- or something. I think
1: that's why that book is a bit better because it says like it's actually kind of a principle of like cognitive behavioral therapy, right? It's like take a look at your day and it's talking about like where do you spend your time. Like it's not about like, you're not going to wake up one morning and be, like, have this radical change. Like, I think Atomic Habits is a bit better because it, it recommends taking what is best for you. So what's what makes you feel fulfilled, what makes you feel happy. But then instead of expecting radical change, making sure that you implement that into your daily life. So I think yeah. that's more useful, but still, I don't know if you need someone to tell you that in 300 pages. <laughs>
0: yeah I remember so in uh what was it positive psychology in university our teacher he would say that self-help books are really good for helping you set helping you work towards achieving your goals but in regards to for example dealing with negative emotions and like actually setting the goals and just other things that don't have to do with these concrete steps self-help doesn't doesn't really do much and another thing I find really interesting is like um I feel like a lot of these books are telling people that their inner self is good so if you just tune into that self then you can magically change and transform things for you but I think I don't know I don't know if I agree with that necessarily because I think inner self can be good and bad and you kind of have to address the bad in order to I don't know to do anything like what about like serious pathology because like not just happiness but like say like violence like anger yeah. that sort of thing like I feel well, like I've this heard... stuff just
1: yeah and I've heard the argument like pretty commonly that's like well whatever makes you happy but I'm like oh well, what does that even mean like is happiness our only indicator of, like, what if what makes you happy is, like, murdering people? Like-
0: <laughs> so you're talking about, like, socially destructive things that, that means- might make certain people, that might fulfill this happiness requirement for certain people.
1: And I think, um, well, yeah, also, like, in this perspective, then we'd all be, like, hedonists. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. if you're just tuning into yourself, like, sometimes you need a little bit of foresight.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm also thinking about like
0: self-destructive mechanisms yeah what if what if what makes you happy is just staying in and playing video games but then also okay i guess kind of switching not switching gears here but kind of a, a little tangent like this these all all these books present the self as this like unified thing like you know what you want there's one goal and it doesn't conflict with any of the others but what if you're like what if you're always debating with yourself and you have different sides of yourself? one part yeah. of you wants something another part of you thinks that happiness lies somewhere else, like what do exactly yeah
1: I don't think it tells you it doesn't give you any sort of indication of like which how one be to listen a- to yeah, yeah yeah, it's true, except so like into the next book, <laughs> I think that wherever you go there you are is a little bit different i mean it's more of a mindfulness based book but i think that book does a bit of a better job in the sense that it sort of tells you that it's more about Mm self-acceptance um as opposed to trying to change like radical self-acceptance which i think is interesting in that a lot of these books neglect it kind of says like Yeah, you're going to be you throughout your life, so you might as well accept it now. Not to say not to work towards things, but more to, I guess, reach this self-acceptance that you can feel, like, efficient and satisfied in what you do. I don't know, I know you read that book, too, so what do you think?
0: (laughs) I definitely agree with you, because I think, like, even thinking about the dominant, I guess, narrative that we've collectively accepted. Like, for example, the American dream. Like, you're always chasing something else, something in the future, something that you don't quite have yet. Even this whole idea of happiness. Like, happiness, you want you want to be happy. You're not quite there yet. So I think this book is good because it says, okay, well, I'm going to accept right where I am. I'm not going to go looking at something I am not yet or I don't have yet like i'm i'm fine where i am. Which yeah. I think is so Exactly. Like, kind of taboo. I think another interesting interesting thing to think about is like why are why are people reaching for self-help books in the first place? And i think um something that there's this this vague feeling that people have kind of like an intuition something that's not fully formed yet and something that maybe people don't want to admit to themselves because you know like fully acknowledging this would be I can imagine it would be like just like the walls would come tearing down like the whole idea that they're not satisfied with life like they they thought that life would be more than this but it's It's almost like it's just like this like it's mundane it's boring um but that's what
1: i think that's what the books kind of neglect to say because except atomic habits to be honest it talks about how like sometimes you have to be like mundane mundanity to get where you want yeah um whereas the other books kind of neglect that like part of everyday life is that you just have days where nothing really happens, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> or well, like, I think it's really like even in life.
0: I think it's well, life doesn't work the, like if if you're looking for like like extra magic or whatever it is, like it, those moments are really rare. Um, yeah, exactly. So they're and... like peppered in with the with like everyday reality sort of thing, but. I don't know. I think that people are always chasing after those kinds of experiences and that's really odd that self-help books don't address that. It's more more sort of focusing on like okay, how can I it, Yeah, they're more focused on like like how to get places in reality rather than I guess transcending that reality.
1: Yeah, I guess it's like it's still this idea of pushing away, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no acceptance. It is like transcendence.
0: In terms of like books themselves, I guess I don't know, I guess I'm questioning the whole self help genre. If people are in fact looking for self transcendence. Or if like that's it that's a part of it at least.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that also is to find some sort of sense of like purpose or meaning. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like if you're reading that you almost feel a bit lost, right? Yeah. <laughs> The thing but is, like,
0: these are someone else's words. They're not your, your own. own. Yeah, and exactly. And you're kind of identifying with them. So that maybe that makes you feel better in the moment. Because you're, like, in the moment, like, I'm identifying with this person. And this person is giving me a story of how they became this, like, hero. And blew through all their negativity. And yeah, got like, everything they wanted. Life. Yeah, and yeah. so you identify with that. Yeah, you're
1: like, oh. And then,
0: oh. In the, still in the moment, that's, like, that's a powerful feeling. But then... I guess maybe down the road, like, you're still yourself.
1: Well, you can't escape that.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why I prefer wherever you go, there you are. It's literally, like, sorry, you can't escape yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, you're always gonna be there. Whereas, like, so, art of not giving an F is, like, you're gonna wake up and be a totally different person who doesn't think about the past and it's a new you. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess it's also, like, to me, it almost feels like a self, like, maybe this is dramatic. But I'm just going to say it anyway. Go like, for it's it. It's almost like a self-hatred thing. It's like, I hate my life. I hate where I am. I hate what I've done. Like, please, somebody just tell me, like, what to do, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be this person. But mm-hmm. you can't be like shameful. Like you can't grow with shame. Yeah, to me. Like I think that like the the subtle art he's basically saying like yeah, like maybe you were this loser in the past, but you don't have to be the loser tomorrow. It's just like I don't think shitting on yourself really is a good motivator for change. And also what, like yeah, like like you said, like why why do you have to change?
0: Yeah, like, what's so bad?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's also placing the blame on yourself. Versus yeah, when it looking could be at,
1: circumstantial.
0: Mm-hmm, and like, everything to... else that goes around. Like, not just yeah. circumstances, I guess, but, like, I remember we were talking about the other day, like, we felt like the world was over. I think that's really interesting, also, to look at look at your own life narrative in I guess a more historical, social, cultural context, because like you have all these things happening around the world today, and yeah. there's no escaping them. And then no. yet, and like it's probably having some effects on people's psychology for sure. And I yet, think it is. Yeah, like it's it's making people feel shitty, and yet like all the all that we have to offer is like, oh, okay, let's look at your personal relationships and like your your sense of failure. And like, let's change that when maybe the solution doesn't lie in the self.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well, and that makes me think of the empty self.
0: Oh, yeah. Cushman. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a good example of that. Whereas like, we don't have this like, collective sense of community either to lay back on. Like, all the anxieties we may have about, like, I don't know, whether it's climate change or <laughs> World War Three. <III. laughs> like, it's, you're right, it's not something that we talk about in these books. Like, it's mostly focused on personal development. And then, I guess, like, someone might argue, oh, but
0: that's all you can change. And, I don't know, like, I mean, people people do want to fix like, their relationships and their, I guess, sense of self, self-esteem, stuff like that. Like, that's completely valid. I think we're just saying that, like, a, a sole focus on that is disregarding.
1: Yeah, and I also think that, like, I think those things are important in order to be able to make, like, a larger difference. Right? You have to mm-hmm. be able to take care of yourself. Yeah. But like the way that the world tells us to take care of ourselves right now is very misguided
0: <laughs> so misguided yeah i
1: think the key lies with the emotions like how how
0: how you suppress your emotions like
1: exactly yeah like pushing emotions down not letting yourself like not listening to yourself in terms of like emotion emotionality i guess you could say yeah what do you mean like, buying into, like, I don't know, like, I think we talked about this before, like, a face mask or, like, (laughs) buying new clothes just to feel, like, more confident and, like, competent with yourself. But Mm -hmm. I've heard that self-help books can be addicting. Like, once you start, you can't stop. Maybe I didn't get that bug. (laughs) (laughs) I read, like, a few of them and then I just got so bored because... Maybe because it's also my degree's in psych, but, like, you almost, like, see through... Yeah, you can see through it because it's not backed in research. Like I'd say, like most of the titles are just like very anecdotal. Like, did you know that William James woke up every morning and woke up at four a.m. and that's why he's so successful? It's like <laughs> I, don't, I don't
0: think that has anything <laughs> to do with my life. at four a.m. and be become a father of psychology. No. Anyway, yeah. Um, I guess for me, it's like I've never really felt like they've Help.
1: no i mean some of them i found interesting mark manson was not interesting nor i don't even know why i finished it because it was just garbage this <laughs> is written really like poorly like at least the others were like decently like you know well mm-hmm. well written but that one is just a flaming pile of poo. <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know yeah it, it kind of baffles me that it's like a bestseller and he has a second book Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. I think i got to read that one. (laughs) And his other books are Models Attract Women Through Identity. Oh, my God. (laughs) You can become irresistibly attractive to women without changing who you are. Thanks, Mark Manson. I guess that's kind
0: of like a, a little a little tease into our next episode. Online <laughs> dating.
1: We're gonna have to bring Mark Manson into every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though because if you look on Goodreads, I think the subtle art is the best example, just because it it's so bad. But if you look on Goodreads, you see this like extreme split in how people like see the book. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Like yeah. some people are like, "It changed my life," and then other people are like, "How could you?" like what (laughs) how does this exist um like i'm trying to see yeah so a five-star review is like it's sort of an anti-self-help book meaning that it actually contains a useful philosophy which is mostly just buddhism slash stoicism dressed up a little for millennials um it's very entertaining um a lot of good advice for those like me who overstress themselves about mostly nothing at all i really loved it I'll probably circle back to it a few more times in the future. I don't understand. But then a lot of people are like this book is really problematic and I mean some people are bringing up the fact that he talks about like how false memories are fake. Yeah, anyways, think, too much I rambling. I think a lot of people
0: that. feel like feel this like existential uncertainty and they just want someone to tell them like what to do. Yeah. Into
1: a well, lost like in there's... the
0: void and
1: but well, like he's so honest. He's giving us that no one no no one in society will really tell us. But yeah, I don't know what that has to say. I definitely think it is the like authenticity of it
0: which is is what is appealing to most people.
1: Yeah, like it's like wow, this guy's so like he's there's no like de- deception, you know, he's just going to tell it as it is.
0: Yeah, so I guess people feel that like there's some filtering going on. In yeah, their lives. like exactly. people aren't being honest to each other yeah. or something and so this is refreshing to hear, especially because, you know, he explicitly tells people that, like, they're they're shit. and
1: Which I don't like. Maybe I'm too much of a softie, but I'm like, everyone deserves love. Everyone's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that, like, trashing yourself is the key. But I guess so many people feel so dissatisfied with their lives now mm-hmm. that they almost want someone to tell them that, like, you don't, like, yeah, you can feel like shit. Yeah. Like a validation of sorts. That makes sense. Anyways, I ranted too much about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that seems to wrap up the Mark Manson for sure. Another book that was interesting to me, which, okay, full disclosure, I have not read, but I have listened to the podcasts, which is Dan Harris' um, 10% Happier. So in this Sort of book and podcast series. It's again kind of like Atomic Habits, then it doesn't sell radical change, but relies on more Eastern based, like mindfulness based practices to add to your daily life to make yourself 10% happier. I still think the title is very misleading, but I find it interesting how another huge wave of like self help books, like if you think of like Marie Kondo and Minimalism or 10% Ten percent happier, selling sort of this mindfulness, or even wherever you go, there you are. Like those are definitely more mindfulness-based books that promote well-being, which I think is interesting because I definitely think that if you had a meditation practice, it's like, important to like understanding yourself better. But I think selling it as improvement still is misguided. But that's just me. <laughs> it's it reminds me of like spiritual bypassing where yeah. you're
0: you're only you're doing meditation or mindfulness or whatever any kind of enlightenment or spiritual based practice to get somewhere you have this goal in mind and whether it's to be like happy or to more successful be more productive more productive or, productive. Or,
1: yeah. or even but, just like to tick off a box and say i meditate you know like it's more like again these books are very like achievement focus on like download an app and make sure you mind, meditate every day for like five minutes so I guess we're, like, questioning that entire
0: that entire focus.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think it's sort of like the empty self kind of thing. Like, it's hard to take a practice of the, like, the meaning to it. Because I have to think, like, why was meditation used? Like, why is mindfulness important in certain religions or cultures, like, historically speaking? And I feel like if you strip that away and just say, well, it makes you 10% happier, it's, like, <laughs> it's very yeah. misguided.
0: So I guess this whole goal of happiness, being happy, getting to be in a place where
1: you are always happy, that's misguided. To me, it's like, how can you feel more, like, fulfilled? And also, like, I think mindfulness does promote something a bit better because it's more about balance, you know? Tuning into, like, not only yourself,
0: but your environment. And let's say environment very loosely construed. Everything supposedly outside of yourself, even if you can put a strict boundary between yourself and everything else. Like, it's tuning into that and the interplay between those two things.
1: Yeah, exactly. As opposed to,
0: like, this is gonna improve my mood. I don't know. I'm just questioning the whole point that you know yourself. Just, like, do you really...
1: No. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what the book's missing. It's like, if people feel, like, lost or confused, it's not really going to give
0: you much. And then also, if you're continually chasing after this this burst of happiness, well, that that feeling is fleeting.
1: Yeah, and, like, this obsession with, like, change. It's almost like a great Gatsby. Grass is always greener. Mm -hmm.
0: You're never going to be satisfied and
1: content. No, you're not. You're always going to be looking
0: for something else because you think that, like everything anything is better
1: yeah I think what's hard is you still want to be like working towards things that matter to you you don't want to be like complacent I think it's about finding that balance between defining your self-worth on these like externalities so if you're able to like what the self-help books don't really tell you is that once you're able to like I think find more peace with yourself then you can focus on things that might make you feel more intrinsically better but these are so outcome oriented that it's like maybe if you meditate for a year you won't feel any different you know, five years down the line, you're like, wow, like, I notice that I observe more than react to certain negative things. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think selling this like idea of like, well, I meditate. So I'm so like, put together, I have my shit together. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's almost like this self help
0: betterment perfectionism.
1: Yeah. Yeah, right? it's
0: just, like, one idea of, like, okay, this is the ideal person. There's, right now, this person is one who meditates. So meditates, they to meditate
1: too. yeah. Or, like, yeah, it's super independent, eats well, exercises. And, like, we know some of these things are good for us. But I think, again, if it's not out of this mentality of, like, taking care, it can become misguided. Because even if you start, like, going on walks or whatever for your personal health, you're not going to wake up with abs, like... <laughs> yeah you'll quickly become like dissatisfied with this change in your life i don't know it's interesting i find it hard personally too because it's like how do you find the balance between like yeah like taking care or like self-care like what these books might be telling us but then also just selfishness too it's like how do you (laughs) how do you draw the line of what's good and bad yeah and also i can
0: imagine how for example the walk thing what if you start to think oh i had better go on walks because i need to take care of myself and if i don't do this then i'm not taking care of myself so i feel like that i'm can, a failure
1: <laughs> yeah that can yeah bring about
0: like guilt and shame
1: but then it's like a double-edged sword because if you do walk you're gonna be healthier and you probably will feel a bit better <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like it is true yeah finding that balance is hard and it's interesting that none of these self-help books talk about truly, like, yeah, taking care of yourself physically and even mentally. Like, that's not really in the picture. Yeah, like
0: you said, it's purely achievement-oriented. Like, how do I, how do I get this thing?
1: But, like, what would be more useful is, like, oh, how can you sit with yourself? Like, just sit yeah. with yourself. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in life... Or but
0: even, okay, so say people are coming from a place of disheartenment, they're they're not satisfied (laughs) with where they are. But I think something that would be interesting, instead of already assuming that, okay, I know that I want to be maybe the CEO of this company, or I know that I want like a really attractive woman as my significant other, like maybe... Instead of accepting all of those goals and all of those, all those norms as a personal goal, like maybe you can start to question like, okay, so I'm dissatisfied with my life right now. I feel like a failure, but why ask yourself, okay is this a goal that other people have for me or is this something that I really want myself and even then I think that question is hard to answer because like you you were saying like do you really know yourself I don't think so yeah but I think that's a start and I think that's where mindfulness really helps like if you have that that attitude of complete self-acceptance then opening up that dialogue with yourself is so much easier
1: yeah that's really interesting that's totally true (laughs) I agree should we cover like what it should be or what, what it could mean? be? Like, what would be a good self-help book? Well, we did say wherever you go is decent. a better example. Also, yeah. like,
0: you know how I was questioning the whole self-help genre in general? Well, maybe what people are looking for can't be found in this style of
1: well, book. Well, it's almost like it's so true. It's kind of like looking for love on a dating app, right? Like, to me, it doesn't, doesn't fit.
0: Yeah, I it depends on the person. Maybe some people find this stuff really helpful.
1: But it's like finding a sense of fulfillment through somebody else's life code, yeah. which is rigid yeah. and you're not going to end up following. I don't know. Though. But then who's to say? Like, are we to trash it if it's giving people some sort of sense of purpose and meaning? <laughs> yeah, I think it's
0: highly individual. And if it helps you, then that, that's, that's good. cool. But then also, you know, like be a bit self-critical and introspect and stuff like that and ask yourself, okay, like, is this? really good for me
1: but I don't or think people is it are just... like I don't not I'm not saying that but like I think people aren't that's exactly it that's why they like these books because you don't have to be really self-critical you can yeah. have someone else tell you what to do
0: yeah I would agree with that what do you think maybe instead of like we were talking about okay what's a good example that's honestly something. I would recommend like fiction yeah <laughs> reading because it gets you to try different characters and you get to experience life as someone else, but also as yourself, which is a really weird thing.
1: It is like a true form of like self-expression or finding like outlook. That would help you find more meaning in your life. I guess music also. Helps yeah, music. Or
0: art. Any, um, anything pretty much. I think conversation, like having cool conversations with others is actually really cool and really weird. Because I find that I say things that like come out of nowhere and I'm like, okay, well, who's this self? that came up in this conversation and then like a a lot of my words resonate but I'm like that wouldn't have come up if I wasn't like talking to this person or in this
1: that's true well I guess not putting yourself in a box too especially if you're like during a a time of transition yeah or Mm -hmm. like like they say you know in the life stage developments (laughs) we go through different like waves of understanding who we are who knows if it we are always just questioning who we are. That's probably the case. But (laughs) I think in times of, like, transition too, like, that's a good way to, like, be more in tune to yourself, if that makes sense. I think,
0: like, part of that questioning comes with questioning what is the self? Because it's not, like, such a strict internal thing that I think psychology and media, all of our ideas, like, they're, they're kind of focused on the idea that, like, the self is something that is, I don't know, in consciousness, that is logical, that is in ourselves, which I don't know. I feel like it need, That's that's an assumption.
1: Yeah. Well, like it's set in stone too, right? Kind of more ever changing. For sure. But the then there's also yeah, yeah. But I guess there's also an element of yourself that you like. You have to get to know better. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's this like not eternal, but this changeless. Part yeah, of yourself that that's always there, which is cool. Like like with the butterfly thing, like there's you know the pupa and then the yes, yeah the stages. There's something I guess underlying all that that keeps those three different morphologically different entities the same, the same creature.
1: Exactly. That's like really they're cool. still a part of your like. That's why I'm not the biggest fan of the books that like trash your old self because you're really not going to grow. Like that person is still you in some way. Yeah. Like, you can't forget, like, that version of yourself. But then it is interesting, though, to, like, reflect and be like, who is that person? Like, if you do look back, you're like, what the? Okay. I was <laughs> trying to think if I had anything to add, but I, I didn't. Think so. <laughs> like, no. I like that. So I was like, thank you. Yeah, I like that, too. Oh, okay. you know, I
0: found this not related, but you know the word utopia?
1: Yes, yes, that's it's, in your... Uh... It has a really cool
0: etymology. Really? Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think it was coined in, like, the 1600s by some English writer or whatever. But
1: oh, why do I know He was this really too? clever. Yeah, so... It has a double meaning, right? Yeah. Oh my and god, either I just the read the
0: good this. place or yeah, the or, place that is yeah. nowhere. Like, yes. the place that doesn't exist. So, like, happiness is utopian. Like, you've labeled it to be good, but it also it doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, I love that. I heard that the other day, actually. I think it's so true, though. It is like a great Gatsby type of thing. <laughs> like it's okay. more like it's like another world, another reality. Like you think it's all good, but no no no. <laughs> yeah, you can live in this like this bubble, just like striving for that place yeah. which does not exist.
0: <laughs> it's like how do you want to
1: end this? I know, that's what I'm I'm thinking about. Well, I'm never good with endings. <laughs> Let's think. they are always stressed. We could be like oh god i don't know Mm. well maybe we could just say like in summary so now that we've sort of gone through these books that we read personally for the most part (laughs) yeah i guess this is just sort of like an interesting survey into what are these books selling us why are people so interested in them and are they really giving people what they want and even then what is
0: what they want i guess the right thing to strive to for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, is that what you... Should you just want to chase a feeling or a state of being even if that, that's, like, not obtainable? You know? Like, happiness. But you know what? We'll be exploring that more. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely be talking Throughout th- about happiness. Yeah. Right. I think the series, you know, it's probably going to come up at least once an episode, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so that was that was episode number one yeah of um, butterfly garden thanks for tuning in um this was hannah and lauren and hopefully you'll come back for our next episode